Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 158 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Michaela Bishop. Michaela lives in Norman, Oklahoma, where she works for the Department of Human Services for her state. Welcome, Michaela. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really glad to have you here. So, um, you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I can tell you almost exactly. A lot of people can, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like one of those important things in your life. Yeah. 
It was um, December of 2019. And you know how you get those um, scrolling news things on your phone? Yes. It popped up about Mark Matson and the New England Journal of Medicine article. I knew that's where you were going with that. As soon as you said December of 2019 and the news, I was like, okay, that's the New England Journal of Medicine article that changed it for so many people. That's exactly right. And, and I like to set New Year's goals. And so, you know, I always have, I always seem to have a health or weight related one. And so that popped up and I started reading it and I thought, oh, I want to learn more about this. Then I thought, I wonder if there's a podcast for it because I'd kind of gotten into podcasts. So I went and looked and I put in, I think I put in intermittent fasting and, and uh, you and Melanie, your podcast showed up. And so I started listening to that and then, of course, heard about your book and uh, then got the book and, you know, it just went on from there. And uh, that's how I got into it. I thought, I'm going to give this a try. I love that. You know what's really funny? When we were starting that podcast in 2017, we debated what to call it. Like we were trying to come up with all these cutesy names, you know, because podcasts have like, you know, wacky names and whatever. And we debated for a while. They were like, let's just call it the Intermittent Fasting Podcast, which may have been the best decision ever. I think so, because that made it easy to find. And- Absolutely. And then when I named Intermittent Fasting Stories, same thing. I was like, I'm just going to keep it simple because people can find it just by searching. So I'm so glad that you found it. So were you were you looking at it from a weight loss standpoint or for the health benefits? Because that was the one thing about that article. They didn't focus on, on weight loss. They focused on health. Yeah, it did. It was probably both because I have health issues that are caused by my weight. So it was really both. All right, so tell us tell us some about some of those those health issues that you had that you were hoping to find resolution for. Well, um, I was quite a bit overweight, and probably about three years ago, I ended up in the hospital unexpectedly. I went there for something else, and when they took my vitals, they were like, "Oh my gosh, you're in AFib, and we're admitting you right now because my heart rate was really high, and I didn't even know it." And so I got put in the hospital, ran a lot of tests. They discovered that with the AFib, I was having some cardiomyopathy, you know, and kind of an enlarged heart. And I think probably it was because I had been putting on a lot of weight and hadn't really been back to the doctor in about a year since my last annual physical. And so I think my blood pressure medicine was not at the right dosage because I'd gained weight. Very, I think various things played into it. But uh, over the course of a number of months after that, I ended up with some heart, they did some heart ablation procedures, um, got the AFib under control, but it was like once I was diagnosed with all of that, I, I suddenly, I, would, I was short of breath all the time. And, you know, I could hardly walk into my office building. And it seemed, so it seemed like it was more than the weight. So it was the heart issues with the weight. And it was just like, I can't live like this the rest of my life. You know, I, I'll be that person who has to use a, a cart in, in Walmart or wherever to get around, which nothing wrong with that, but I should not need that. And so that was real concerning. How old were you at this point going through? Could you mind sharing? Three. I'm 62 now. So I was basically 59 when that started. You know, we, we don't want to to get sicker and sicker as we age. We want to age well and not have to, you know, get on the the cart and short of breath and can't walk around to do your shopping. So 
yeah, that was the right time to get the handle on it as you saw that it was it was happening. Yeah, and I've got I've got friends I like to do things with. I don't want to be the the one lagging in the back or or can't fit into a seat or can't, you know, participate in stuff we like to absolutely. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I see the this I used to think the sixties were old. I used to think the fifties were old. Now I'm sitting here. By the time this episode comes out, I'll be fifty-two. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, 52 is very, very young. <laughs> I, I had friends with me over the weekend, and we were talking about our aging parents and, you know, the struggles that, that we're going through. And we don't want to age like that. So thank you, intermittent fasting. So you started in, in December of 2019. What, what did you start with? I started with, well, I, I guess I really started in January after reading that article, and um I decided I started with a 16-8, you know, window because I thought I don't have problems uh, skipping breakfast. So I'll kind of try noon or one to eight o'clock and and see how that goes. And that's so that's how I got started. And then I realized after I'd done that for a couple of weeks, it was like, you know, I'm not eating eight hours. I'm eating lunch around one o'clock and then... I go home and I eat around six. So then we're down to a five or six hour window. Yeah. So I just said, okay, so I'm in a five or six hour window and, uh, and continued from there until I got really, I think my sweet spot is about a three to four hour window probably. And I kind of started doing what you did or what you said you were doing was opening with some kind of snack and then having dinner a little bit later. So. Yeah, I've gravitated back to that. I tried flip-flopping it a little while this spring and starting with my meal, and that just didn't suit me long-term. It felt great at first, and then I was like, no. <laughs> I'm a snack than a meal. That's just, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? But, you know, I'm still always experimenting, even after all these years. Still, I still kind of am, especially because, you know, I went through my first Christmas at the end of 2020, which is full of food, and so there have been times that I've really expanded it and times I've kind of not worried about it and then got back to it as soon as I finished with that period and I've tried yeah and I've done some just dinner when I knew I was going to be having kind of a big dinner I wouldn't have a snack I just wait yeah that's the where the flexibility comes in you can do whatever you want. Yeah, we went to brunch on, what day was it? I can't remember. You know how when the days start to blur together? We went to brunch on Saturday. And so we had a, a big meal. Brunch was at one. So we had brunch at one, big meal. And then we did shopping all afternoon. And at the last place that we're closing down, the guy said, enjoy your dinner. And we all just looked at each other and we we're like, we cannot have a, <laughs> a big full dinner later. No. So we had like snacks. But even then, trying to have you know, we're going to have a long window. We're going to have two meals. We still could not manage to eat two full meals. And I think back to, you know, we would have at one point, but all these girls are now doing intermittent fasting too. So, you know, here and there. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, So you just kind of now gravitate to a 24-ish for the most part. What, What time do you usually open your window? Usually around, I've kind of switched it to three to seven. For a long time, I was doing four to eight. I kind of like three, thirty-seven. Yeah, that 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 is a good time for me to open my window. Many days around three. It might be two. It might be three. It might be four. It, it really depends on on what I've got going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you at work when you open your window? Well, yes and no, because <laughs> now I work from home. <laughs> 
you know, when COVID hit, they sent us all home and they're now permanently having us work from home. So that's so interesting. I was talking to some friends about that recently. You know, how many people are going to never go back to the office again? But you're just as productive, right? More productive, probably. I wasted a lot of time at work. I know, you know, teachers, we're, we're busy, busy, busy. But when we had a minute, we would talk to each other and spend a lot of time visiting whenever we had that, that time. And so it's a lot more productive. Yeah, I feel like I almost work harder than I did before because, yeah, like you said, I don't, there's no, not as many disruptions. You know, if I get up, I get up and go in the kitchen or somewhere, but at work, you know, it'd be go talk to somebody and end up talking to them for 15 or 20 minutes. Like standing around the copy machine or something. (laughs) Before you knew it, your whole lunch break was over because, you know, I wasn't eating lunch. I was just hanging out at the copy machine, but I'm like, what did I do that whole time? So you can get a lot more done at home. So your your time is flexible. You could do whatever you wanted now, but it, it feels better to wait. Do you wait till your work is done for the day or do just whenever you just feel hungry? No, no. I, I usually I'll go get a snack or something, come back, keep working and then shut down around six and have dinner. So. Yep. So that, that is a really good schedule for me. Although some people find they need to open with a meal and so people hear me talk about opening with a snack or you're opening with a snack and they just can't do it. So those people should not try to do it. If they need to open with a meal, they should open with a meal. So I'm going to circle back. You know, you talked about three years ago, you were in the hospital with AFib. You started then with the intermittent fasting in, in January of 2019. When did you start feeling better? Probably about maybe three months into it, I did lose weight from the beginning. And I think that helped. And so then I started feeling a little less short of breath. And I started trying to walk even a little little bit. We had a uh, tunnel at our office that had been measured. And I knew three times around the tunnel was a mile. So, you know, I started with just one lap and those kinds of things. And so as you lost the weight, you were less short of breath. It was easier to walk. You felt better. And then just kind of spirals from there, right? And I will say, really, I probably had some positive effect really early just because I wasn't stuffing myself with so much food. I was sleeping a little better because I found if I eat a lot, and especially at night, I'll feel like a like a furnace. Right. Oh, yeah. Hot. Hot. Yeah. I'm yes. digesting. My body's working. And uh so I'm not as comfortable. And I noticed that kind of effect early on that I wasn't, didn't have that stuffed, hot feeling like I was just, <laughs> I don't know, in overdrive or something, digesting. I get that feeling if I eat, um, you know, too much sugar, too many refined kinds of things, too many refined carbs, especially close to bedtime, I'll be so hot. And I really do. What you just said, it feels like our bodies are ramping up to burn off that food. And I really think that metabolically, that's exactly what's happening. And you know, the, the tossing and turning and too much energy. It's like I've put in too much energy and my body's like, got to get some of this energy out. I, I know exactly what you mean. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I noticed I had uh, restless legs, which I know you have, and uh, I was experiencing, when I first started the fasting, I was experiencing a lot more. It had increased, and that was driving me crazy, but then once I started the intermittent fasting, it started going away, and I wasn't experiencing it at all. That's good. That's good, and I've learned, you know, as I've talked about before, what will lead to it being worse than others. Like yesterday, I had ice cream, but I walked a lot afterwards. And it was hours and hours before I went to bed. So I didn't have any restless legs. But had I had a lot of ice cream and it was closer to bed and hadn't been active, I would probably would have had those legs going. So just being able to put that together. Honestly, it surprises me. Um, someone reached out to me and they said, you know, I've suffered from restless legs since I can't even remember how long. And my doctors were puzzled, like from the time she was a teenager, she suffered from it. And her doctors were puzzled. And they're like, we don't know. And she said, and then I heard you talk about sugar. And then I cut out the sugar. And that was it. And I, it makes me wonder why doctors don't know that that could have, you know, why do people not know this? So other than the, the heart condition feeling better, and what other health benefits have you had? My blood pressure is better, and I've had, you know, these are kind of some of my non-scale victories, as you call them. Um, I've had, over time, I've had my medications reduced. Um, I'm on a thyroid med, and when they tested it, my thyroid was suddenly high. And so they took it down, tested again. It was still high. They took it down again. So I'm down to the lowest dosage again, which is wonderful. Yeah, and I was on... Well, I still am on two blood pressure meds. I had one before the AFib, and then they put me on a second one. But both of them have been reduced. So I've seen those, you know, those health benefits. And uh, like I said, the shortness of breath was probably (laughs) one that made me the happiest, just because I can, like, walk and and breathe (laughs) at the same time. And Oh, yeah. (laughs) Breathing is good. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's hard when you can't catch your breath. I remember, I remember when I was 80 pounds heavier than I am now, how hard it was to, to catch your breath. It was like you couldn't take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. And it made me feel like 80 instead of 60. I was like, I couldn't even walk into the store without having to stop. I couldn't walk into my office building without having to stop. That was just ridiculous. Absolutely. And, you know, cutting down all the medications is just such a huge benefit because we take things we have to take, obviously, but you don't want to be on a lot of of high dose medications. So as your body heals and you need less, that's always a good thing. And my doctor's good about not giving an antibiotic unless you truly need it, you know, and, and I'm all for that kind of stuff. So what is your doctor saying about intermittent fasting? She was very interested most of the time, it was funny, I was seeing her PA. Um, I was seeing her most of the time when, after I started this, and she hadn't really heard about it. And so I was telling her about it. And of course, they were seeing my weight loss and seeing the, the changes in, in my blood work numbers and all that kind of stuff. They were like, well, keep it going then. <laughs> <laughs> I always love it when the health professional hasn't hasn't really heard about it much, and then it, the patients are filling them in. Yeah, there was a there's also a nurse um, connected with my health insurance. Our our state insurance has uh, these nurses that call periodically to see how you're doing. So I told her what was going on, and she wasn't familiar with it either. And so I was telling her all about it, and she said, "I'm going to read more about that." <laughs> I love that. We're, we're teaching them all about it. That's that's my favorite part. So um, how, how's the weight loss been? You mentioned earlier that it had been strong. How much weight have you lost since since January of 2020? I had lost 80. I put back on a I put back on a few pounds, you know, with Christmas and some of that. But I'm still down 70. That's amazing. And that was in really a year. Yeah. And over the year of a pandemic. Wow, 80 pounds. And eating what I wanted. (laughs) Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. So 80 down overall, but it's it's gone. You've you've rebounded up a little bit over the holidays. Yeah, and loosened up some after that, but then I've got it back in gear, so. Okay, yeah. So we're recording this at the end of April. Gosh, where has the year gone? The year's flying That's by. true. So yeah, in 16 months, that's where I 16 am. 16 months. So you're right down right around 70. But the whole time you've you've eaten what you wanted and the, the freedom. So what's your diet history look like, you know, over the years? I You know, at, at the age of 62, I bet you've got quite a list. Yeah, I've been on a lot of, I will say I never went on some of the crazy ones. Well, that's good. That's good. Other than like, I did the Fin Fin thing. Um and, you know, lost on that for a while and then didn't kind of override. I'm not all necessarily a hunger eater. I'm a probably emotional eater or just even a taste eater. You know, it's like, you know, a chocolate chip cookie. Oh, that sounds good. And then I suddenly have to have one and I'm not hungry at all. I just want the taste. And I've been on Weight Watchers and lost and did really well. Got down to, you know, where you're in maintenance with Weight Watchers, but then put it back Um I'm a I'm a compulsive eater and once I start on my favorites which are carbs and sugar when I start down that path then I just roll down that hill. <laughs> I run down that hill. I don't I think a lot of pe- that sounds familiar to a lot of people because those those things light up the pleasure center in your brain. 
and and you eat them and you feel good and then you eat more and you're like why did I eat all that <laughs> and so that's why intermittent fasting helps with it so much because you're you know you have the whole part of the day where you're not faced with those struggles because you're just not eating so you don't have to decide should I have a cookie nope not eating then you open your window and you can you know maybe have a little bit you know struggles during then that really helped me because if I started some of those thoughts about a particular food or whatever I would think Okay, you can have that at four o'clock or whatever time. And then a lot of times, actually most of the time, I wasn't even hungry when four o'clock hit. Um, And so then I might eat a snack, but I might eat something different because the craving for the cookie was gone or whatever it was, you know, too. There's that delay in action. And just, I think it's the fact that I'm not, like you said, denying. It's like, you can have it, just wait a little bit and push myself to that. And once you get there, then you're like, okay, time for the cookie. But you know what? I think I'll eat this avocado first or something. <laughs> and that'll that'll fill the spot. So what kinds of things do you really love to eat? I know you mentioned you enjoy the the carbs and the, the treats. I do too. I, you know, I, I do too. I, I don't eat as many of them as I used to and I want to feel good. So I don't eat you know, so many cookies that I'm going to have the restless legs later. But I've, I've learned how to, how to fit those in and where it works. So what, what kind of things do you love to eat? I do love all that because I love Mexican food and everything else. Um, but I mostly have that if I'm eating out or, or something. Um, but I'll make like I'm one of my favorite things, probably snacks, is to make a parfait with uh, some blueberries, some Greek vanilla yogurt, a little granola, you know, mix that up. I love that. It's kind of like having a dessert that's not, that doesn't send me down that path. <laughs> and, uh, but sometimes I'll have, like you mentioned, avocado. I'll have some guacamole and some chips, um, those kinds of things. And then dinner, I try, I try to, I'm not the best vegetable eater in the world, but so I try to fit them in wherever I can. And so I might have a salad. And I live alone, so I don't want to cook big meals. But I buy those prepackaged salads, and I'll have that with um, some chicken, or sometimes it might be some frozen egg rolls that I cook, or just a variety of things. I put sometimes odd things together, but <laughs> I try to think, what's a protein I can have? What's, um, what's a vegetable? What's a fruit, you know, that I can fit in that I like, and... And, I, and the thing I like, too, is, it like, I, I'll say, oh, let, let's have some broccoli tonight, and I'm going to dip it in some ranch dressing, by golly, you know, because <laughs> just eating dry broccoli, not so much. No yeah. fun. Now, I've really started, my friend Sherry that does the Life Lessons podcast with me, she's a much better cook than me. I mean, I just throw things together. I'm not a bad cook. In fact, Chad was just, I'm, I'm away. And so one of the meal delivery companies has some ready meals and I got those for him. And he's like, these are not good. And I'm like, they are good. They're delicious. So you just add a little salt, a little seasoning, whatever. He's like, well, because he won't do any of that. <laughs> but but um, he's like, well, okay, next time maybe I will. But my friend Sherry Bullock, she is great at making roasted broccoli. Have you ever roasted broccoli? Tossing it? No, but I... Try it. I mean, it is just... I'm not as good at it as her. As I said, I don't know if it's my oven or what. Because you know, the ovens make a big difference. Of course, that's not true because she's made it in my oven and it was better than when 
and I made it, but you just toss it in olive oil, salt, put it on a high heat and keep your eye on it. It really is so good. You don't need to do much to it. Try it and see just roasting things like roasted Brussels sprouts and roasting the broccoli. Really just any vegetable with, you know, toss it in the olive oil and season it with salt, just salt and pepper. That's all you need. It like changes the vegetable in some way, like in like a caramelization kind of a way. It just gives it that little something, even a tiny little char. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The char probably. Yeah. My husband doesn't like the char. Maybe that's, he doesn't like it as much as I do. So I have to pick out, I'll eat those pieces. <laughs> Give him the other ones. But um, you know, it is harder when you're cooking for your, just yourself. Like I will acknowledge that because, you know, I'm here at the, at the beach right now. And last night I was here by myself. I went and got ice cream for dinner. I mean, that's, I wouldn't do that at home. <laughs> I would, and, and I got something that kind of like you talked about a parfait, I got something with bananas and strawberries and, and it had granola in it. So it was an ice cream parfait, right? We're just, we're just going to call it. I had some peanut butter in there too. So it had some protein. And then I came home and had a little something, little something else after that. But having somebody else to cook for keeps me with the with the cooking so it's a lot harder when I'm by myself and unsupervised so I totally understand the struggle of cooking just for yourself have you tried any of the meal deliver meal kit delivery companies oh hello fresh which I did like several of their meals um but I found that what was causing me problems again being alone you know you have to order for two and so if I did cook something had been out to eat and, and had some of that meal left, I was almost starting to stockpile those meals because I would have other things in between and then another shipment would come. <laughs> and so I was like getting overrun because when it is just one person and if you do cook anything, you know, you've got at least four servings. And anyway, so I quit the meals just because. Because the minimum, if it's three, three meals, that's six meals for you. So that would, yeah, so I understand it's harder. Then, and you've got some other leftovers. It's like, I suddenly have 10 meals here. <laughs> right, exactly. I get it. Yeah, I can see how that would be difficult. They are good. They really, they've made a, they made a huge difference for me and just being willing to try new things. Yeah, they've opened, opened me up for that. So just, they come and I got to cook them because <laughs> they do pile up if you don't. But I love them. They've really taught me to cook things I didn't know how to cook. But have your tastes changed at all with intermittent fasting? You know, a lot of people find that they do over time. I would say because I, yeah, because I would find myself looking forward to foods more that I wouldn't have put at the front of my list before, you know, like the packaged salads and some of those, I really like them. Yeah, some of those are amazing. I love the ones that are chopped. Those chopped salads that you can get that have all the, is that the kind that you get too? That's what I get, yeah. There's one that's Asian, one that's Southwest, one that's the kale, pecan, cranberry is one of my favorites. And I just add to them. I like those in the summer. In the winter, I'm like, no, I don't want a salad. But once the weather starts to get warm, I'm pulling those salads out. And they really, they're so easy and and the flavor profiles are great. So that's a wonderful choice to, to just grab and so full of nutrients. Throw some chicken in with them. And you've got a whole meal there, really. For me, as long as I can grab like some beans, like if I'm alone, um, beans will do something that they'll be a good meal for me how about exercise do you you said you were walking at at the office with the tunnel but then you came home for the pandemic so what have you done for that I did continue walking at least until the real winter hit but I've got a semi-recumbent bike at home it's not fully recumbent but it's not like the old stationary bikes 
and I I get on that pretty much every day. Oh, that's a that's a good good exercise. I like it because it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Those stationary bikes, I was good for ten minutes, and then it's like, okay, my rear is not handling this well. It would just hurt. <laughs> I don't understand the cycling people that that that's the same thing for me. I had a recumbent recumbent bike. Am I saying it right? I can never say that word right. Recumbent. Recumbent's the reclined one. Right. I had one and the seat is so much more comfortable. I can stay on it. Like all the people who do spin classes, does it not hurt? I don't understand. <laughs> but enough people do it. Maybe it doesn't. It must not hurt. Maybe I'm sitting on the other one, sitting on it wrong. I don't know. But yeah, I did. I had one at home and I, I used it for a while. And then like with most exercise equipment, I was like, all right, this is the end of that. And a friend of mine bought it from me and it was gone. <laughs> I've tried, you know, when you start hanging your clothes on it more than using it. Oh, yeah. I got to that. Yeah. And you're just it. dusting it. All you're doing is dusting it. Yeah. 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 Although I do still use my vibration plate. That That's the one thing that I've ever in my life kept and used over time. Yeah, I was real interested in, in that. I looked at some of those, wondered about those. You've never stood on one? Uh-uh. The first one that I got in, I, let's see, it was probably 2015, yes, because it was when I was approaching my goal weight, and I, I got my first one, and it was a big one, and it had like handles on it, and it, so you stood on it, and you had the handles, so it took up a lot of space, is the point I'm making, and then... um we were just getting ready to move to our new house in 2019, and it just so happened that Joel from Life Pro reached out to me, and he's like, I make a vibration plate, and I'd like to send you one. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll try it, but I've got one. And his does, the one that they sent me doesn't have handles. It's just the platform, so it doesn't take up a lot of space, and it's really easy to stash away. And I have it you know, out of the way, and it, it's not in you're not going to hang anything on it. You just have time to just stand on it. And it's um, very convenient. And so I got rid of my big one and never looked back. So if anybody's interested, and in, in I have a link to LifePro at jenstevens.com slash LifePro. I actually, I think that's the the site. But if you can find it on the favorite things tab of jenstevens.com, there's always some kind of a um, discount code. It's all explained there. But it's the only thing I've used over time repeatedly and it's really good for muscle building and, and my husband Chad has had some back issues this year he did some repetitive motion and then threw his back out and the vibration plates really helped with that I'll have to I'll have to look further into that because you know they talk about as you age and you want to keep from losing any muscle and and all that kind of stuff and that might be good Absolutely. And the whole body vibration does some different things. I mean, it, it sounds wacky and people are like, yeah, that sounds. <laughs> They'll sometimes, do you remember those things they had in like the 60s, those vibration things that would go around the woman's waist, the belt? I was there. I did them. I did those machines. <laughs> yeah. My mother had one. My mother did too. I can remember being like two or three. Yep. And she had it and I was swinging on it like on the little plot thing that would go around your waist. I just remember she's like, you better stop doing that. And I didn't stop doing it. And then I fell and I hit my chin and it busted my chin and I had to go have stitches. <laughs> but I don't know that that did anything for no, you, did it? Except make me have to go to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> uh, because it went around your waist. It was completely different and it jiggled your it waist. It just jiggled it, instead yeah. Instead of like, Yeah. It jiggled you. So if she sure had one, though. I used to go to, you know, they had those gyms. It was probably in the 70s still. And you went and went through all those different machines. And that was one of them. And it was all like 
passive exercise and stuff. So people sometimes think the vibration plate is like those and <laughs> that there's nothing to it. But they were actually developed, you know, like for um, astronauts and the science of, you know, when they were in space and they needed to have an exercise that would work for their bodies. And so anyway, I don't really know how they developed it, but they've done some good research. Yeah, I can see how it would be kind of creating tension in your body when you're on it. That's probably part of what it's intended to do. Exactly, like those exercise balls that people use. Same kind of a thing because you're constantly yeah, engaging. Yeah, you're tensing muscles to motions, engaging your muscles. Mm-hmm. So I'll just like I'll hold my hand up a little bit or up in the air and just move around. <laughs> I don't do a lot, but I'll I'll watch TV while I'm doing it, so I don't feel like I'm lazy watching TV because I'm just standing there on the vibration. Plate. I'm like you're know, killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, exactly. I've got some little hand weights, and I'm I'm getting back into that as well because I do that while I'm watching TV or listening to music me too yeah but I've got the hand weights right there on the floor beside the vibration plate so I can pick them and just hold it yeah I just hold it in my arms and (laughs) I'm I'm lazy no no I'm efficient that's the word I like to use right I I can kill the two birds with one stone and make the most of my time yeah yeah make it more enjoyable than just standing there working out exactly I think because I get bored that's why I never really like to go to the gym. Yeah, because after 10 minutes, it's like, okay, how much more do I have to do? <laughs> exactly. Got to keep the brain engaged. So is there anything that you struggle with with intermittent fasting? Well, one thing I'll struggle sometimes is overeating during, you know, when I've opened my window. Like if I'm at a party or something like that and eat, and eat a whole lot, because sometimes that sends me on a spiral and later I just it, it's like I don't know it causes the floodgates to open and then I want more food more food more food so I have to really watch myself on that um, and like I'd mentioned the how to cook or what to eat so that I don't have a ton of food left over you know because so often you also have to buy stuff in sizes that are more than I'm going to use up that kind of stuff and I have to watch my uh my thoughts, because sometimes I'll be like, oh, let's just open at one o'clock today. You know, I'm, I'm feeling a little hungry now. And I can feel that drift to where you're really kind of back to a two meal a day thing going and <laughs> you're starting to move out of it. Window creep. Yeah, exactly. Because you you rationalize to yourself and and that's that's probably part of it. Yeah, because you're like, I'll just open early, but then I'll close early, but then you don't close early, <laughs> and then the one, the window's eight hours long. Yeah, yeah, and then you tell yourself, oh, well, I'll just start again tomorrow. And <laughs> sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. So I have to really watch that. Yeah, that's a real, real thing. Go ahead. Yeah, it is. No, I, I really like the being able to adjust my window because there. Sometimes I've gone out to eat with friends and not eaten at all because maybe it was noon. And I know I'd want something later, so I just wouldn't eat or I would um, have it bagged up to go, you know, order something and just take it home. And that would be my dinner so that I really didn't miss out. That's a great strategy. Sometimes that's tricky, but that usually works for me. Really, when, I, when I'm when i sticking to it and doing well, I really do well. You know, I have to watch the, what well, I get hungry and that's really, that's when I'll convince myself to open early. I'll get hungry at, say, noon or one o'clock. If I'll wait it out, that hunger goes away pretty quickly. 
That is so very true. It, it that the same thing happens for me, and it's the whole. Okay, is this? Oh my gosh, I have to eat now. Kind of hunger because every now and then you'll have that, and you really legitimately might need to open it at noon that day. You know, and if that ever happens, I'll think back, and it's usually because I ate really light for a couple days because I was busy and I had a short, short window, and I'm like, my body really does need like a refeed day. I need to have more food today, but. Actually, what usually ends up happening when I'm a little hunger, it's hungrier, it's after I've had bigger eating days, like with my friends here at the beach. And so, you know, my glycogen is a little more full than normal. And so I'm having that little hunger signal because my body doesn't want to get over into the fat burning side of things. My body's like, go ahead and just send a little more fuel down. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I sent down a lot of fuel yesterday, so I'm just going to ride it out. And then it just goes away and you feel better. Yeah, that's exactly what I experience. And sometimes I'll have to keep myself busier during that time because it tends to be when I'm sitting working on my computer and it's like, oh, it'd be good to eat something right now. But, you know, but if I'll get up and go do something else for a few minutes, keep my mind occupied, then it's gone. It's true. That's what happened to me yesterday. I had been, you know, the day before we'd had the brunch and I had a really long, long window, even though we didn't have a second dinner, we did have snacks and my window was long that day. And then yesterday I was ready to open early. My body's like, all right, we're opening at one with brunch. Let's do it. I'm like, no, not today, body, not today. (laughs) So I just got busy. I did laundry. I went and walked. I needed to buy some things. So I shopped. And that's how I ended up having ice cream because that's where I was. And there was this place that people always rave about. And I'm like, well, I'm here and there's the place. So I might as well have it. But I, I got busy and I, I I moved around a lot. And so that, that really it got my mind right off of it. And I wasn't hungry and I wasn't shaky and it was not a problem. But my body was having a little temper tantrum right around midday. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to I have to really think about is this your mind telling you that? Is your body saying it's hungry or is your mind And it could be either. But for me, I really do think it was physical because I had so much more fuel the day before that I wasn't making that shift over to, you know, the good fasted state. And I get that, too. And and, because it's kind of funny, you think I ate so much yesterday. Why am I hungry now? But that's the exact reason. And so your your body's like, all right, because our bodies really would get right back into that fed state if we let them and start sending us those hangry feelings again. So... (laughs) Because <laughs> it's funny, I I don't get that metallic taste or anything that tells me, you know, I'm going into ketosis or anything. But I think for me, I just, I suddenly, I have no hunger feelings. I feel good. I just feel calm, just, you know, and I think, I think for me, I think that's my fat burning. Not everyone gets the taste. And then some people will think they're doing something wrong. And it's just that we all just perceive that differently. And so everybody, as long as something shifts as you're going in the fast, maybe you have more energy, maybe more mental clarity, maybe a taste in your mouth. As long as there's something that's different, then then your body's doing it. Yeah, because that's what, you know, I'd always heard about the metallic taste. And I thought, well, I'm not having, am I going into, I can't tell. How do I tell? But I think it takes a little while to notice that, oh, I, I'm feeling a pattern here. I, I, I suddenly have no hunger whatsoever, no desire to eat. I, I feel calm. I feel good, you know, 
all of that. And I thought, oh, that I think that's it for me. That's it. That's the sign. You've got it there. So, um, you know, I know you're here sharing your story, but do you share in your in your daily life? I know you're working from home now, but you mentioned, you know, sometimes you'll go to eat and fast through the meal or whatever. How, do you share it with others? I do. I have even from the beginning, you know, even when wasn't much to say, you know, yet about progress, but... But I've always, yeah, I've always told people, and I kind of explain the the insulin effect, and and that's why I'm doing it, and and so I always have. And have have people been receptive? Yeah, uh, they'll you know, oh, I don't think I could go a whole day without eating, or you know, that, that kind of stuff. Or are you sure that's healthy for you? And I so then I just kind of explain. Well, here's what I'm reading about it. Well, I first learned about it from the New England Journal of Medicine, so... (laughs) Yeah, I always bring up that article, and I always bring up your book, and I say, you ought to read this book. It's it's an easy read, you know, delay, don't deny, and it'll give you a lot of information. That was my goal with it, was to make it accessible so that people could understand it. Did you ever read Fast Feast Repeat? Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I'm reading that one right now. <laughs> okay, good, good. I mean, you didn't need to because you were already nailing it, and it you know wasn't out yet when you started fastings. And I'm right now. I'm reading. Oh, what's the name of the book? Um, it's by Dave, the one who invented bulletproof coffee. But I'm reading. I'm reading one of his books because a friend of mine has started fasting, and she was reading it, and so I'm reading his. Um, I do a clean fast. I don't do the bulletproof coffee. But I figure he's got some good information in there, too. I wish so. he would just try the clean fast. He has a little something in the in that book. I got an advanced copy because we have the same literary agency. And so they sent me an early copy, which is really a fun perk, <laughs> I have to admit. But I was reading it, and he, he made kind of like a disparaging comment about people who like fast fasting purists or something. And I was like, come on, Dave, you know, I would like to have a friendly chat with him and challenge him to take the clean fast challenge because I really bet he would find, if he would give it a month, he would find that he would just feel so much better. 
He's used to having the Bulletproof coffee. He's had it, you know, from the beginning. I remember reading the Bulletproof diet back in the day, way before I was successful with fasting. And I was having the Bulletproof coffee and I never lost a pound. (laughs) But you have great energy from the coffee because you're consuming a great deal of energy. You know, I'm sure I was going into ketosis, but from the coffee, you're you're getting, making your ketones from your coffee cup. And I bet Dave, I bet Dave would be transformed if he would just try the clean fast. I hope somebody convinces him just to try it. Yeah, because I, I feel the same way. I think my body would see that as food, having butter or well, whatever. It is. Yeah. It's fuel. It absolutely is fuel. And if you're taking it in, then your body doesn't need to tap into your fat stores. You're going to make ketones from it and you're going to have that mental clarity from it. You know, it's, it's not the same as, I mean, it, you might have the same ketosis, but it's keto, it's external, it's exogenous, you know, from the fat that you're taking in versus, you know, coming from inside your body. So he might have a little lull in there, a couple of weeks where he was adjusting and having a hard time. But I bet as soon as his body adjusted, he'd be like, okay, this is great. I bet he would like it. Anyway, one day I would like him to try it. He just, he makes it sound in the book like people who, he didn't use the word clean fasting. He said fasting purists. But when Melanie Avalon read it, she's like, I think he's talking about you. (laughs) She told me that. I think he's talking about you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, maybe he is, but I swear he would like it better if he would just try it. It's not, we're not suffering, you know, because I did it his way. I tried it his way and I really feel better with the clean fast. And I've heard it from enough people. So one day I will meet Dave Asprey, I am sure, and we will chat about it. And I will encourage him to try it. Just take the clean fast challenge. I would love to, I would love to have him do that. I think he'd become a believer. He can still sell his Bulletproof coffee, especially, you know, the coffee, he makes it without the mold, whatever, the, the coffee itself. But, you know, you, you could still have those additives during his eating window. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one thing in the very beginning, because, of course, I started it as I was reading your book. And um, so I was having like a, a flavored water, you know, and then. And then I got to, and then I was listening to your podcast and you got to the stuff about clean fast. And I went, ooh, as so many other people do and go, oh my, I've been drinking that <laughs> early, you know. And so I, I cut that out or moved it back, I should say. I didn't cut it out. Yeah, I suggested to somebody to have flavored water in their eating window just today. It was someone in the Delight on Deny social network. They were talking about... Um, you know, what to have. And she was concerned about her gut microbiome and artificial sweeteners, you know, which are, you know, the artificial sweeteners are linked to problems with your gut microbiome. So even though you can choose whatever you want in your eating window, if you've got an eye on gut health, you may not want to choose artificial sweeteners. And I don't, I don't use them personally, but she also couldn't have the sugar for some other reason. It was another health health issue she had. So she couldn't have regular soda. And I'm like, well, in your eating window, just have some flavored sparkling water. That'll give you the same kind of feeling. Yeah. And I figured, you know, I've, I've gone through the various diet phases, you know, with reduced calories and trying to cut out fat, try to cut out this, try to cut out. Th- and I only maintain that for so long until I just feel so sorry for myself. Oh, I can't ever have that again or whatever. And so I've realized if I can reduce some things and it's like having one flavored water a day versus several or or several Diet Cokes a day, I've quit. I've basically quit, quit sodas. And so, you know, I figure 
that's doing great. That's huge. It's huge. Which is why if someone absolutely loves Diet Coke and, you know, you're not having it during the fast, but if they absolutely love it and want to have one during their eating window, would it be better to not have that? Sure. But if you love it and you know, have one. You're having all this other part of the day when you're fasting clean. And so it's all about making the choices for, for what works for your life. That's what I do. It's kind of like keep things in moderation and I can maintain that. If it's all, if it's all, you can't have this, you can't have that. I won't keep that up. I know that. It's true. You know, I like to consider myself cleanish. Right. You know, I, I, I know certain things are not as, as good for me, but I'm fasting clean all the time during during my fast. And so in my eating window, you know, maybe, you know, I'll have some crackers that are <laughs> full of whatever seed oils. I don't know. But it's OK because um, it's most of the choices are good. So you can fit those things in and not feel guilty about them because an all or nothing approach really doesn't get us very far. No, I can't sustain it. No, it's not sustainable. It's like I'm never, ever going to have, you know, ice cream again is not a sustainable way for me to live my life. And then you feel guilty. Instead, you're like, no, I'm going to have it. I'm just going, I'm not going to have it every day. And, you know, I didn't look and see what the ingredients were and whatever. I was just, I just had it. And and that's, that's all right. And if I'm buying something for home that I'm having often, I'll spend more time looking at the ingredients. But it's it's all about having the balance. I really think so. Yeah, I agree. So how many people would you say that have gotten started with intermittent fasting that you've told about it? Do you know? Now, a couple of them I haven't touched base with to see if they're still doing it, but I know of three or four. That's such a good feeling to know that they've they've adopted it and and changing their life too. And then maybe they'll tell someone else about it. And so it's paying it forward. The ripple effect. I would love to see a diagram of that. Like I would like to see a diagram of the ripple effect for me just to see, it would be interesting. How many people, where's it gone? That'd be fascinating to know. I love talking about, because you hear so many myths like, like, oh my gosh, I would just starve to death or that's so unhealthy. I just, I love talking about it to people and say, well, no, it's not really. <laughs> and no one said anything to us about how unhealthy we were when we were 80 pounds heavier, did they? Well, maybe our doctors, but <laughs> our friends weren't very concerned with the thin. So. <laughs> well, we're busting those myths everywhere we go. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? What I wish I knew when I first started was the clean fast. <laughs> you know, start right there. That was easy for me once I did, because I like black coffee and plain tea, despite my sugar addiction. But, um, and then for people starting out, I would say, give yourself a break. You know, if you want to start with an eight hour window, start, don't jump to two hour window and then watch your, watch what you're doing. And just, you can take it down further. If eight hours is your sweet spot. Okay. Um, be flex, you know, be flexible. And like we were talking about, if you want Mexican food in your window, okay. You know, salad and chicken. Okay. (laughs) Um, Eat those things. Eat things that you like. Don't force things that you don't like on yourself. You know, you remember the days of rice cakes and all of that stuff that we used to make ourselves eat. You know, if you don't like, for example, plain broccoli, you know, um, roast it, put, have a little dressing with it. So what? You're eating broccoli. Exactly. 
Oh, I can remember those days of rice cakes. And they were so unsatisfying that you would like eat all of them because you're just searching for satisfaction. And you're like, you know, I just ate like an entire package of rice cakes. And I not only am I still starving, but why did I eat that? <laughs> then you eat more because you're so unsatisfied. Eat what you really... Now I'm going to drive through McDonald's. I mean, <laughs> you know, I should have just done that to start with at the time. You know, it was crazy. Yeah. So that's what I would say is, is do eat do eat the things you like because then you get excited about your food and it's nice to be excited about it, you know, and throw in, just throw in vegetables and other healthy things as much as you can to those. Yep. Add it in and, and have room for the things that you love while you're also adding in the things that you're the nutrients that your body needs. And then it's win-win. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed talking to you and have a wonderful day. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.